it's all Marvel's fault. Or is it? Today I'm talking about the state of movies, in particular the MCU. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i'm doing slightly something slightly different uh, not doing anything scripted just kind of talking in general about movies something i like to do j- always <laughs> um but in particular when it comes to like big movie issues and just kind of a lot of the the factors that people may not be aware of the movie industry kind of trying to put things in a context rather than just the kind of the gut reaction of like i don't like this or i do like this because I am generally kind of sick of the headlines of where it's just like, oh, we asked this person what they think of Marvel movies. Or we asked this person what they think of Marvel movies. We asked this person what they think about Marvel movies. And so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. So, (laughs) and then, um, you know, and then there's always the follow-up story where the person clarifies or doubles down, whatever it might be. It's all very silly to me. Um, I think, generally speaking, that there is a, like the sheer amount of attention that these movies get is a big reason why some people get sick of Marvel movies in general and are often end up surprised when they end up either financially successful or getting a wide audience, so on and so forth. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. So I'm kind of going to go through some basic things about, you know, um, some basic things about Marvel and things that I agree that people have pointed out and things that I don't agree that people have pointed out. And one thing that people have pointed out is that Marvel movies kind of feel different right now. And I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I think that the majority of them, I think historically they were built on the appeal of of characters. And I think so, and in particular, they're a core group of characters that each got their own movies to build and then they became a team. And then, you know, you kind of got to see them bounce off each other and, uh, you know, grow and expand throughout that throughout that experience. And there are highs and lows in those individual movies, but generally speaking, it was very character focused. And the thing that stands out about a lot of the more modern Marvel movies is that there isn't there doesn't appear to be as much investment in the characters. Now, that's not to say that there aren't MCU movies that are character focused. There are still plenty. But I think it's more, or especially for the TV shows that can be a little more character centric. What I think is happening is that instead of revealing personalities, we're kind of just told what personalities are in like the first couple of scenes, or we're just expected to know the dynamics going in. Now that's not such a big deal. Um, You know, for instance, you don't necessarily need to watch Civil War and know a ton about Ant-Man and you kind of get a feel for his personality. That's kind of the gist. Um, But it is very akin to what happens in general comic book storytelling, which is you can have big arcs and big moments and they hit like a freight train, but then you have to kind of keep telling stories and it's really hard to do that. So especially after something like Endgame, which had send-offs for most, a lot of the major characters in big ways, uh, you really can't replicate that. So I understand why a lot of people are feeling what they call the MCU fatigue, as it were. Um, And then there's also the fact that there's just so much of it now. That's the other part. And I think it's, this is kind of the the difficulty with Star Wars and this is, um, it's all related. And of course it's all Disney related. Um, so part of the problem is that Disney has a platform specifically designed to distribute all of their Star Wars and Marvel content. And the only way you get new people coming in to a streaming platform is to regularly produce things that people want to watch. And 
you don't necessarily do that if you just release like two to three movies a year. Um, you only really get that if you can deliver like a series or uh, the series with the show that's coming out every week. And I think that they've had strong, I and this is actually, I think the Marvel TV shows that are integrated into the cinematic universe, while the individual, individual shows may have been maybe fine, I think it's actually not necessarily to the benefit of the movies. And I want to ex explain why. I'm going to use WandaVision as a good example because the reactions to WandaVision have ac were actually very positive. The, people loved the show. Um, people loved you know, the reactions to it, its different takes on its ideas. And in particular, just dissecting a character that really hadn't, didn't really get much time to really kind of get developed in the within the movies which is exactly what you want a show like this to do so we get scarlet witch she gets an arc and she gets to kind of address the grief and everything that what could have been and as much as there were memes about like like the one line that people liked um that, that people liked or overpraised perhaps um i think there, there was a lot of genuine enthusiasm for it and obviously there was because they're making an entire agatha show now based around it however once you go from there into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, there's a lot of people who have now have this large attachment and relationship with, with Wanda specifically that seems to kind of go out the window <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie. It's like, well, I remember all that stuff about her grief and everything like that. Yeah, F that. We're just going to... She's the villain now. And she's completely overpowered and completely unstoppable. And that's just how things are now. And if you're somebody who's just coming to the movies, not a big deal because... You know, you're coming here for the wild stuff and you don't care how, how powerful she is. You're just here to see the giant, you know, CGI battles you can't see everywhere. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the stuff that's really appealing. But if you're somebody who is invested in the character in the show, it feels like a betrayal. It doesn't. So it generally feels like they're, the writers aren't, aren't necessarily talking to each other. And that's a big problem that could probably that's probably why they're looking to slow things down because I anticipate it's one thing if you have like a one-off show the reason that the the Netflix Marvel shows while they were on Netflix worked so well is that even though they kind of weaved in and out of each other's lives they were ground level and they it wasn't like you would place Matt Murdock in like Luke Cage briefly or Jessica Jones or anything like that and everything they felt completely different you could tell that there were similar people writing everything and there was a similar tone throughout but now you can expand somebody's entire universe of who they are and then make a movie that has none of the same people involved minus the actor and that's where you're going to run into giant that's where you're going to run into giant problems so those are the critiques that i think are, are fair of the mcu um, there are people who have talked about like the vfx problems um, obviously, rush timelines for anything means that the movies can start to look like crap. Um, I would say I'm curious. I'm curious. I need to kind of get. I would love to see something of a side by side comparison for how the movies look in theaters compared to how they look after the fact when they've gotten some more time to polish them. But right now, there is a general um, lack of dynamic visuals, and it really is only seems to be fixed with certain directors when it comes to Marvel movies. Like Marvel movies. The Marvel movies with directors with a strong visual sense, a style that they like to inhabit, such as Ryan Coogler is one. I know there's there's shaky CGI elements in both Black Panther movies, but he's very like, he has a very clear visual stuff. You can't say that like oh the movie the entire movie looks bad. Same for James Gunn in his Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He is very good at creating very colorful universes, working within the technology rather than against it. So that's that's something to be said. Now. 
the, now the one thing that I think that, you know, people are saying like, okay, well, is the MCU over? Is it going to be over? And then this always happens. And then the box office comes in and it's another giant success or it's the most, you know, Wakanda forever shows up on Disney plus and it's the most streamed thing. And, and that's where I think people kind of miss like, don't necessarily understand the appeal perhaps because they've been in there from the beginning which is and i think seth rogan actually hit the nail on the head saying that marvel movies may not be for him but they are for kids and that's kind of what's happened now so disney the the studio that used to make all of the big kids you know animation movies in the 90s that had a lot of you know big characters big action and things like that um you know stuff like lion king stuff that looked and felt epic for what it was that's the kind of stuff that essentially Disney is still making, but they're making it through Marvel now versus versus something else. And I'm curious, I'd be curious to see if, you know, I know that Marvel is looking to do kind of big arcs. You know, I think they've, they've got Kang moving forward and like uh, potentially Skrull invasion and all secret invasion and all that. But basic, basically, you know, the, the fanboy period of Marvel to some extent is a little is running its course because I think a lot of the people who were so enthused about just the idea of getting to see a movie with Iron Man or Captain America or Thor or anybody, any superhero that like was felt real and felt believable has, you know, that's standard now. So now as opposed to me being like, oh yeah, they're making another Avengers movie. It's like, oh, they're making another Avengers movie. You know, it's like, can they stick as opposed to before? It's like, oh, they're actually doing this. They're going to try it. Those mad geniuses as opposed to now where it's like, well, yeah, now they have to. They have to keep making these because that's how they make money. So I think I think part of that is that the original audience for these movies is growing older and perhaps not as enthused or invested. And that's kind of what happens typically when you're a young person or like a teenager who's reads comics and stuff like that like you can still drift in and out of stories and you kind of pick you kind of pick and choose the ones you want or they're are most invested in but it's not like you're going to pick up every single issue every single day unless unless you're a diehard which is there are still diehards out there but it's not the majority so that's the that's the one thing and another thing that um is undersold and one thing that has been talked about a fair amount is how the MC and I think a lot of the anger that people have towards the MCU is not necessarily towards the films themselves has a lot to do with how the Marvel impacts the movie industry and one of those is in theatrical distribution so uh, what a lot of people I think if you live in a in a generally close to a metropolitan area you under you know you probably have more than one theater option you know you, you you know for instance i live in the cleveland area and you know i have at least two to three theaters within 15 minutes of me and then like and then all of which will play similar if not the entirely the same movies and then one independent movie theater that will play you know like the a24 the first week it comes out and then you know maybe those movies will expand elsewhere and first and foremost, uh, a lot of those movie theaters are having trouble, especially after the pandemic, we're having trouble staying in business. As you've probably noticed, a number have shuttered their doors. Uh, there is one by me that did close. Um, it was it was part of a dying mall, so it was probably on its way out anyway. And then the then COVID absolutely killed it. But the problem that they're running into now is that a lot of these theaters are also kind of like the ownership is shaky on this. And this is something that the movie industry dealt with before, where they're basically you couldn't be the, both the, the producer and the distributor. And right now, and right now what we're running into is that like towns, for instance, that only have one movie theater and maybe one screen 
might just be playing the same Marvel movie for seven weeks or not even seven weeks. They might only be playing Marvel movie for two months. So I distinctly remember seeing people online and, you know, talking about everything everywhere all at once. And there were people who were just crestfallen that they couldn't see it because they really had a lot of interest in it. They've heard nothing but good things about it. But Spider-Man No Way Home was still in theaters or that new version they put out with a couple minutes of extra footage came out. And that's where I think a lot of that frustration comes out is that because these movies are so big, it it can really and you don't if you don't schedule the release of your movie very strongly, it can push your movie out of distribution. And Disney in particular is the more studios it buys up, the more weight it has to to push onto theaters. It's like, well, okay, you're not going to get, you know, for instance, if you don't keep in this in this theater this long, well, then you won't get the the copy of this right away or you know whatever it might be. So I think that that is part of the problem as well. And that's not necessarily the movie's fault. And that's not really a, a commentary on the quality of said movies or anything, anything like that. And, and I, also, I also think another part of the, the MCU hate that people see a lot is that it's just a lot of perpetually online people. And if you're online and the stuff that gets the most attention is Marvel stuff. And so all of those articles that I talked about, about people reacting to uh, whether the MCU is cinema or not. Um, it, it's a lot of, I think it's. it would probably be easier to imagine the MCU now as kind of like serialized, uh, you know, sci-fi movies that they made in the early days of cinema or the 40s or 30s and stuff like that, like Flash Gordon. It's the stuff that inspired Star Wars. Not an accident in many ways. And I think that what happens now is that basically every time a Marvel movie comes out, it's, it is a parade of just capitalist parade as it were of promoting the movie of commercials of hype of interviews of magazine covers of everything it becomes all encompassing so for instance even just for um even just for ant-man and the wasp quantumania even for that one even for one that like a lot of people would say okay like sure i'm sure to like yeah it's gotten perhaps some of the worst reviews of the mcu minus the eternals um the general discussion points around that has been it, it, like for instance i just know like they they make jokes about it but that means you're going to see jonathan majors on all the talk shows you're going to see paul rudd on all the talk shows both lovely gentlemen but you're going to see them on all the talk shows and then uh, you know michael douglas will be there you'll see captain data jones you'll see bill murray even you're going to see all of these people involved in the movies on like men's health or you know fitness or people and all of that so it just it's inundated and that's before you get to the heineken commercials you know the zero alcohol heineken commercials with paul rudd and an ant which i'll be honest if anybody can sell me a non-alcoholic beer it probably would be paul rudd but it's just it's so perpetual it's so ubiquitous it's so just in your face all the time especially if you're somebody who is in the media landscape and that's where i think a lot of people uh, get sick <laughs> of that's where a lot of people get sick of the mcu in a way they may not get sick because in about three months it's going to happen again and so that's why you know looking at things like slowing down the release schedule and slowing you know slowing down the movie release schedule slowing down the tv show release schedule makes a lot of sense to me because one you give in, in every way it makes sense to me because you give the vfx more time to get done properly you get more time to iron out the writing and you also give the audience some time to kind of just miss marvel stuff for a hot second because 
as much as people kind of like to crap on stuff like the Avatar movies, uh, in particular the second one, like, oh, I've, you know, I've seen, I saw plenty of people on Twitter who are like, I haven't seen a single person on Twitter who's seen Avatar 2, and I haven't seen it yet either. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, it's also distributed by Disney, kind of, because it's through Fox, which is owned by Disney. Uh, and so it's going to stay in theaters forever and continue to make money, but it's just popular. People like it. It's good. It's just blockbuster entertainment, and people like blockbuster entertainment, and they'll keep going, and they'll keep going to see it. And so the notion that somehow this negativity is going to kill this is, I don't think that's going to happen. I think genuinely think that something like Marvel or something like that, they just need a track record of crap, basically, before, and, and thus far they haven't had that. They've had, they've had like stuff that's middling or people have strong online reactions to it, but viewership for all their shows has been strong. The reactions to each of the movies has been strong. They haven't had really a bomb yet. Um, even Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, despite being, you know, perhaps lower first week figures, it's still going to be one of the biggest openings of the year. And uh, it's easily going to be in the top 10 for movies of the year. So that's, and then the last thing I'll say is that also another thing that you're going to run into, and this is probably to some extent why a lot of people gravitated towards Avatar 2 and also to Top Gun Maverick last year, is that they are just differently made. In And so while the MCU can feel like a production line because the look and feel is often so consistent and there is so much overlap in terms of characters and actors between movies and, and things like that. And then, as we mentioned, there are VFX problems with a lot of these movies. It can feel like a factory line. And that's, that's not as appealing. Whereas in Top Gun, it's practically shot. You can, you feel, you can tell how much effort went into that movie. And the same goes for Avatar 2. Like, regardless of... Um, regardless of like kind of the weird political implications of, of James Cameron being someone to portray like native wars against invaders, there is a ton of care put into the visuals in his work. So you're not going to see an unpolished looking film come out of James Cameron. That's just not his style whatsoever. So a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm happy to be immersed in this because it's like, if anything, it's a step up from what I've been used to with all the Marvel movies that I typically go take my kids to see. And that's the other thing. Like, all these are BG-13 movies, like wackadoo, you know, doing whatever. It's like, yeah, it's just, they're wacky adventures for kids, and that's fine. It's like, we don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore, basically. So, may as well. So, I, that's, that's kind of where I land on the MCU, is that it's kind of... It's just an entity now. It's kind of a lot like the comics industry itself. I'm sure there's, there are going to be peaks and valleys of its creative period. Um, but what drives me crazy is seeing all the think pieces talking about how, oh, it's lost, It's the MCU has lost its way or whatever or anything like this, as if one bad movie or anything like that is, is going to kill the vibe. And what's interesting is that a lot of the movies that like people have said or like are kill will have killed the MCU or aren't that good or tend to be the ones that end up saying more interesting things or having elements that people really are really attracted to. So for instance, the Eternals is one I know a lot of people who slid right off of it and I can kind of understand why, but I also found it more interesting than <laughs> a lot than a lot of the other MCU movies because it was dealing with some more, you know, issues that you didn't see in a lot of these in these in the Marvel movies. So that's my two cents. Like I said, uh Everybody is always free to watch or not watch whatever they want. And uh, it, the last thing I will say is that I think that some people perhaps have unfair expectations as to what Marvel movies should be. I think that there is this, I think there's a loose expectation, especially for folks around my age who I said like kind of like 
came of age around the time that the MCU started getting going. Like the first Marvel movie came out when I was in college and now they're still going. That's incredible. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of ridiculous. It's, you know, and they've maintained the same actors throughout. Also incredible. Like the James Bond franchise has shifted over multiple actors in my lifetime. So that's, in that's incredible. But the thing that <laughs> I, the thing that I, wa I want to point out is like, some people are like, well, does it always have to end with a fight between like the good guy and the bad guy? It's like, yeah, it's kind of how this genre works. And it, it may not be for everybody over some time, and it might be, you know, kind of an oversaturation of a specific kind of either action or ideas might be why that happens, but I don't see it stopping anytime soon because the general premise of good versus evil and characters that people become invested in over time, whether it's through a TV show or a series of movies or whatever, is I don't see that going away anytime soon. And I think it's probably best to judge MCU movies perhaps just like as for what they are and not what they aren't, if that makes sense. So I think a, I think a lot of people, you know, are constantly just like, well, I'm tired of Marvel movies, which means I hate this one. Well, that's fine, but it's also not really an interesting critique as far as I'm concerned. So let me know what you think. I'm always open for well, uh, well-intentioned discussion, as it were, and have a great one. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.